The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go and that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too high Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fantasy football advice Alright, alright, alright It is July 27th And here we go. Welcome into the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, folks. NFL training camp is among us. Another story is about to be told in the NFL's incredible, credible run here. Tonight, Seth Woolcock, me, I'm with you. We also got Scott Reinier, my co-host tonight. No pool vote. Still on vacation. You know, we gave them the PTO. Wanted them to, you know, take some time for themselves, for Jackson. Scott, we got a busy, busy show ahead of us, my friend. I'm excited. Pull vote's been gone forever, it seems like. But you know, you gotta be able to you gotta be able to go on vacation. So Yeah, more fantasy for us, man. Yeah, and, I'm I'm stoked. I've get to, I've gotten to do the pod every time for like a month. Sweet. Hey, we're running strong here, man. Next month we possibly might be going weekly as well. So uh the time is coming. Fantasy football, fantasy football drafts, they are among us, folks. Um, some redrafts actually kicking off very soon. So, guys, we're going to give you everything you need to know from these last couple days of training camp. All 32 teams are reported. So it's going to be an absolute blast to jump in, into this. We got some injury news. We got some veteran free agency signing news to go over as well. Um, just kind of feels like, you know, a, a buzz is in the air, Scott. Uh, August 4th, Hall of Fame game. So not far at all away from the preseason already kicking off, man. No, it's it just sneaks up on you. Um, I mean, I've known it's I've known it's coming, but then you start seeing all the videos because I think most teams really started practicing today. Um, you know, and you see all the videos coming out of a guy running out for a pass and catching it, and all the hype that surrounds stuff like that. But we've been we've been desperate for live action for months. So, I mean, it's just it always goes this way. July goes by like that. Hall of Fame game is in like a week, and. You know, before you know it, preseason games and then the seasons. It's it's an exciting time of year in this it, it, in this it, industry. Yeah, it's kind of you know scary how quickly you know it, it sneaks up on you. It's like July Fourth, and you know it, it's almost over at that point. Summer that is. Um, but but guys, we are going to be jumping into the Julio Jones news. Obviously, Christian Watson on the pup. You guys know I've been kind of on that bandwagon all summer long. What does this news mean? Chris Carson retired. It does, you know, Scott's Scott's uh, little love affair with Rashad Penny continue. We're going to be talking about all of that and more tonight. We've been hammering out projections, so we really have some great data coming coming your way for you tonight, folks. Um, one more reminder, if you guys are new to the channel, if you enjoy this type of content, 
please hit that subscribe button. It's the easiest way to support us here at IBT. I see we have some of our uh, normal IBT family in the chat tonight. We have Mr. Scampers, Gary, Albert. Hello, everyone. Thank you guys so much for your support. Um, guys, and also um, now, if you aren't already members of our Patreon, now might be the time to be. We got some dynasty rankings coming your way here in just a little while. And also Scott and I's projections and redraft rankings. These helped quite a bit last year. Um, we got some great feedback on it. Last year, we did an entire draft guide. This year, we really wanted to spend more time with the raw data. Scott, you were you know, kind of instrumental in um, really leading us down a, a point in our projection spreadsheet where it was just so much more easier this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a learning process. You know, I mean, I haven't been doing projections and, and rankings for that long, so it's kind of the way it works. You take something somebody else created, which, you know, and then you tweak it and improve it how you see. And I mean, it's a little bit too late now for this year's rankings, but I've already got my list of little tweaks I'm going to make for next year's rankings now that yeah. I've had a chance to go through it. Um, it's all good though. It's all fun. It's all learning experience. Um, you know, as long as you don't, you don't need to take, I don't want to say you don't want to take it seriously, but like, you've got to be okay with getting things completely wrong when it comes you to get project, weird. projecting NFL yeah. players and ranking them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get weird, man. You got to be, you know, you got to be willing to be a little bit different. I feel like when it comes to these projections, um, rankings, whatever it may be, but guys, let's go ahead and jump into the Julio Jones news and everything else you need to know out of NFL training camps in front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance. You'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place to have some fun? Ain't gotta worry about not what it means. Come and give me another because the night is young. At least I so thought. It's just in breaking news. Front and center. All right. Front and center, guys. There's no hiding this one. Julio Jones, he is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought, you know, Chris Godwin might be down for a little bit as well, and that's kind of part of this news as well. Chris Godwin is now cleared from the Tampa Bay training to Crazy. be um, absolutely astounding, you know, on the medical side for Chris Godwin. But now we have two wide receivers who we were not expecting to be ready for week one. You know, I, Godwin's not a sure thing for week one, but I think it's a good likelihood now at this point that he is. Julio Jones now steps in after, you know, a pretty mediocre season with the Titans. Couldn't stay on the field for a lot of it. Um, Scott, initial just thoughts on this, because it seems like Camp Tampa Bay's like cash over cap situation. They get whoever they want. Yeah, it reminds me of the like the Rams of the last few years where they spent another contract and they still have all these draft yeah. picks. How is that? How's that? I will say, I put it into a chat group. I said, um, you know, picturing Julio Jones catching passes from Tom Brady, I all but confirms we are living in a simulation to me. It just, yeah, the simulation is starting to get lazy and I think it's, it's starting to, starting to prove itself. But anyway, um, first thing I'll say is I'm not a huge Bucks fan. I'm not a huge Tom Brady fan, but I think it would be awesome to see Julio Jones get a Super Bowl ring. So that is a little incentive there. Um, if the, if the Bucks were to make a run, um, you know, like as far as the rest of the team 
Godwin, you know, he, it's amazing that he is cleared to practice after sharing his ACL in what was it, January? Yeah. Um, but, you know, from what I read, you know, he doesn't mean he's full, he doesn't mean he's 100 percent full full participant. He's just not starting on the pup. So he he may still not start the season fully healthy. Um, Julio comes in. It's really hard to project, I think, what he's going to do. Um, because last year it's really hard to go off of last year cause he didn't play, you know, he battled injuries for yet another season. Um, he was still, he was, he was not necessarily like blowing up the stat sheet when he played, but he was still efficient. He was very efficient when he played, um, which could fit very well with Tom Brady's system. To me, it, you know, it, it all much destroys any value Russell Gage had. It doesn't sway the needle very much for me with Mike Evans. Um, if there's anybody out there that you can chalk up hundred targets and a thousand yards to it's Mike Evans. He's never not done that ever. Um, does, it, does it lower you some though? Because before, a little bit, this, before a little bit. this, I had Mike Evans projected for 150 targets, which was a, a sizable increase from the previous two years, you know, with Brady, but it's not the most he's ever had in his career. So I had him at 150 before I had Russell, Russell Gage kind of in that 100 to 110 range, just because I didn't think Godwin was going to be back too. How many targets do you think go Evans' way? Are you leaning more back towards the 120 realm again? Yeah, I'm I'm right around 120, but I honestly wasn't that much. I wasn't that much higher than that before the okay. Julio signing. Like I'm 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 I love Mike Evans in redraft. Um, I mean, I was looking it up today. I mean, this is not necessarily a fantasy thing. He's the only receiver in the in the history of the NFL that has started his career with eight straight thousand yard seasons. Yeah. Yep. There's been other wide receivers that have had eight straight but not including their rookie year to start there. It's just, it's crazy what he's done. Doesn't mean that automatically mean it's going to continue, but um, I mean, I still am going to have him as a probably mid to low end wide receiver one, all said and done. Yeah. Three things this did to me, honestly, this kind of, this kind of took me by not total surprise. Cause I expected maybe a, a veteran free agent signing. I was thinking more Gronk than, than this, but one, this calls me on Cameron Bray. I was hot on Cameron Bray. Yeah, I'm glad Julio was able to save you from that. Dude, Scott, <laughs> I had a, I, my projections, like my first run of the projections, obviously I was going back through these last couple of weeks. First run, I had him above Dallas Goddard, um, slotted right in between, somewhere between tight end seven and eight. Um, I was, yeah, I didn't, yeah, I thought was never, kind of he's a, never done anything like that before, regardless of the situation, ever. If you look back, he was a tight end one his first couple seasons um, early in his career with Jameis. So you cannot discount that. That's um, true. But no, so I you know, I was bummed about that. The Cameron Brait hype kind of went down a little bit. I missed him by one pick in Scott Fishbowl, too. You know how I am on, on fade, hashtag fade wide receiver in, in Scott Fishbowl. It was like the 19th, 20, 20th round. So really, it's on me for not picking him sooner. But I was, I, I was thinking he might go to Green Bay. Or, uh, or to the Colts, which it seems like both those teams offered him some type of contract, the Colts, Green Bay, um, but he wanted to go somewhere he could win a ring. Um, yeah, I thought um, I thought he was going to go to Green Bay, and I thought he was going to save a lot of people from overdrafting Alan Lazard, but instead he's going to save Seth from overdrafting Cameron Bray. So still got a, yeah. still got a winning situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I was hot on him. I think what we can expect out of Holy, though, Scott, like – I can't project him for 17 games. I can't do it. I, I projected him right now for 15 games. Like, I just can't. Like, I hate to do that with some veterans, but I, I do not see a world where Julio Jones plays 17 this season. I project him out for 15. 
um, about five targets a game, 72, 73 on the season. D- does that sound reasonable to me, to you, or are you expecting him closer to 100 targets? No, I mean, currently, and it's my first run, you know, I mean, you probably know the projections. I, I You, you got to tweak them, especially this time of year as, as news hits. But my first run through with Julio as a Buccaneer, I have him at 80 targets. So I'm right, okay. in, that, okay. I'm right in that same range. I don't, I don't typically project for – I, even though, you know, the odds of every player I'm projecting playing 17 games is zero, I still typically – I don't approach it as, as, as projecting uh, an injury. I just – if there's an injury concern built in, I lower my kind of targets per game okay. to kind of cover it. That's kind of how okay. I do it. It's just the way my brain thinks about it. It's hard for me to be like, well, he's only going to play 12. Instead, I just bake in kind of a decrease to cover to cover some of that injury risk. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to tell. I mean, like it's been a while since we've seen Vintitulio. Um, and the reason we didn't see it last year was, you know, obviously you've got everybody that's saying he's washed. I don't necessarily think he's washed. I mean, I don't think he's going to be putting up, you know, he's not going to be putting up his Atlanta numbers. Um, but... It's gonna be su- it's gonna be fun to watch. You know, we had a question from Albert here. The impact on Russell Gage, and we kind of t- talked about it a little bit, but Russell Gage to me, I think, does take the most significant hit here. Um, you know, if Chris Godwin Godwin was gonna miss some time, if there was gonna be no Julio Jones, I was projecting for you know 100 or so targets. I think now you know he's at least gonna take a 30 to 25 target hit. He'll be, you know, closer to that 70, 80 target range. And for Russell Gage, that doesn't really move the needle from what we've seen the past couple of seasons, Scott. Um, before I kind of had him in the, you know, high-end wide receiver four range around with like Devonta Smith. I'm very high on Christian Watson, so he was kind of in that range as well. Um, but now I would think Russell Gage is probably a lower-end wide receiver four, high-end wide receiver five for me. Um, are you kind of on that train as well? Yeah, I, I'm pretty much in that boat too. I mean, I was looking up just depth charts yesterday just to kind of, you know, update the projections. And it was either ESPN or ourlads.com had Tyler Johnson ahead of Gage on the, on their depth chart. Really? I don't know how much, I don't know how much stock you can take into it, but that's how, that's the order they had it listed in. Interesting. So, I mean, take that, whatever it is. I basically, Julio Jones kind of took, for me, took chunks away from Tyler Johnson and Russell Gage. The wild card for me is still Godwin. If he's healthy, I'm right now I'm going to project him as if he's healthy. He has been cleared to he's not starting on the pup. So I don't know what else to do besides project him as starting week one. What happens with Godwin, whether he what if he has a some sort of trip up and ends up on the pup, or if he's just not healthy for the first month, that will sway the projections for everyone around him, you know, some pretty significantly depending on what it is. Yeah, I mean, Godwin, Hel- Godwin healthy is a is a hundred plus target guy. Easy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, kind of Scott. The only other thing I think is this benefits Tom Brady. Tom Brady gets a little bit of a boost. I had him still as a top ten quarterback, but he was closer to eight or nine. He might be bumping up closer to six or seven after this. Um, we haven't ran the total numbers quite yet, but that's kind of what I'm projecting right now for Tom Brady. Um, I think overall, like I just didn't see a world where their passing volume could be as much as last year because they just didn't have the targets. Now they have those targets again. Um, so Lenny, you know, my love for Lenny goes down just a little bit. Um, and my, my love for Tom Brady comes back up. Um, but, but Scott, also in other news, man, Cardinals camp, a lot of noise out of Cardinals camp here, Scott. Um, Kyler Murray, some uh, contract, um, contract clauses came to light here, reveals his lack of film study. He now has a clause where he has to watch at least four hours of film. 
uh, per week. And Marquise Hollywood Brown, he has sustained a uh, hamstring injury already in camp. So let's start with just like, does it mean anything, uh, Kyler's, you know, lack of of film watching? Because this is something I've kind of harped on him for a while, was just the overall, you know, regression we saw at the end of the last two seasons. It's been pretty consistent, very sizable drop-offs, over 10 points per game in 2020. So... I'm a little bit concerned about Kyler seeing this in the contract does not make it anymore. Um, and then Scott, check this out too. This is a, a pretty good tweet. It's just like, so oh, is this the, the call of duty releases? Yeah, this is, yes, yeah, this the, is... Inter- the, the internet had some fun with the Cardinals making that piece of Kyler's contract public um, as the internet does, you know, um, I did see that one. It's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty damn funny, True. but I'm... For for listeners and not viewers, guys who are oh, listening sorry. to the podcast tomorrow, this is basically a uh, chart that correlates the release of Call of Duty games and Kyler Murray's um, fantasy points scored after those releases. So they're kind of just pointing some stuff out um, on it. I thought it was kind of a funny thing. Um, but but does this actually impact you at all um, on, on how you feel about Kyler Murray? Because this is kind of where I was before. I was hands-off at his ADP already this year. Um... No, I mean, the fact that it's it's a little bizarre that it is this public piece of his contract. I did I did find myself reading a, a, either a tweet or an article from somebody that writes for the Cardinals. And he had some conspiracy theories about how it's language built in. So they'll have an out if he fails or something okay. like that. But okay. for me, it's all a bunch of noise. That particular language being in the contract doesn't affect my outlook on Kyler at all. Um, I'm probably a little bit higher on him than you, um, but not as high as I have been the last few years before this year. I was very high on him last year. Yeah, um, he was. He was almost my QB one last year. I was that high on him. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't. He he has shown that regression towards the end of the season, uh, whether it has to do with Call of Duty or not. Yeah. So and just you know, a few other quarterbacks have emerged. Like you've got Herbert now that jumped him, and so there's just other quarterbacks I want in that range. What about Marquise Hollywood Brown? Are you worried at all? Mr. Scampers in the chat, he's saying that he is a little bit more concerned about Marquise. We do know that he has missed a lot of Ravens training camp in the past. That is the one good thing going for him. However, Scott, I am a little bit concerned anytime I hear hamstring injury. Um, We saw Mike Evans a couple years ago miss week one due to hamstring injury. We saw Curtis Samuel miss the entire, you know, first half of the season due to hamstring injury. He sustained, you know, right around this time last year. So are you concerned at all on Hollywood? Because this might actually, you know, affect how I'm projecting him out a little bit. Um, I'm not going to make any moves now. I'm going to give it a couple of days, you know, hear the news on him. But I am a little concerned. Yeah, I mean, how can you not when it's a hamstring? It's, you know, it's a little bit fuzzy how significant it is, how much time he's going to miss. But a hamstring injury is one one of the injuries that I can actually relate because I suffered them when I played baseball and football, like in my younger days. And the thing about a hamstring injury is I thought it was healed and I would sprint and there it was again. So it's just like, they can be, they can be really fickle. Um, I think one, you know, the positives here is that he's a veteran. I mean, I think he's technically would be considered a veteran now. He's not a rookie. So missing training camp, although with a new team is, is a hindrance, but it's not as detrimental if he was a younger player missing this time. And it's not even August yet. So, you know, I'm not panicking 
I'm not I'm not changing my projections or rankings of him yet, but I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on it. Something to monitor. Something to monitor. Yeah. Scott saying, um, guys, back in Buccaneers training camp. Um, kind of a headline all last week, and we, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it with the podcast being bi-weekly right now. Um, Leonard Fournette, it came out last week, he was approaching 260 pounds, um, and he weighs in at camp this week, 245 pounds to begin camp. This was just a bunch of hoopla. You know, I think we get so starved for any type of fantasy news late in July between, you know, uh, mini camps and training camp those couple weeks that there's no football at, at all going on. I think we get a little starved for that, and that's what Leonard Fournette's 260-pound weight issue was. Leonard Fournette's going to be a stud this this year. I, I generally think that, again, Scott, we were very high on him in general last season. I had him as a, uh, an RB2 when a lot of people didn't. And I think he's going to be, you know, the same old type of thing this season. I don't care if he weighs 245. I don't care if he weighs 265. Leonard Fournette is a pretty solid running back, and he's a good receiving back. And with Tom Brady, that's what you want. Yeah, um, I'm not. This is another one of those. Just it's just noise. It's just noise as the as the, pre, as the preseason kicks into gear. Um, you know, the the one the one not necessarily concerned, but just question I have with Fournette is, you know, he did a lot of damage through the air last year. Like he was up, he was up in, amongst the lead leaders in RB targets. Is yeah. that going to be the it's case again this year? Because he relied on that quite a bit. Are you thinking more Rashad White in the passing game? Or are you thinking more Gio Bernard or a combination of the two? No, I mean, I, I do think, I mean, I've been, you know, a little bullish and in my like super duper bold takes, I've been pretty, pretty hot on Rashad White, you know, but you have been, um, You've been spicy. I, I do think, I do think Rashad White will carve out a role this year. Um, and I mean, he's arguably the best pass catching running back in this draft class. So I do think he'll carve out a role. I think he'll carve out a role over Gio Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn. That's that's what I think. I just don't know if there's going to be as many passes to running backs overall um, with all the pass catching weapons now. You know, especially if Godwin's healthy um, to start the season. I just don't know if there's going to be as many targets to go around. Okay, that's that's fair enough. I think they're going to continue to go back to Leonard Fournette personally. His catch percentage was just so high, above eighty percent. He didn't do a lot of yards per reception, but he's not really known for, you know, being big plays through the air. But he was reliable. A lot of first downs. Um, if you're playing in first down leagues, Leonard Fournette is even more sexy of a name to me. Scott, um, real quick, let's just do a mini would you rather of Leonard Fournette. Would you rather have – this is going to go by ADP. So Leonard Fournette, according to Underdog Fantasy, our friends at 4 for 4 have been tracking that all season long. That's been awesome to have that data you know, cont continually updated. So guys, make sure you're checking that out over at four for four, but his ADP right now, Lenny ADP RB 12. Would you rather take him RB 12 or Aaron Jones RB nine? That's pretty close. I, in this case, I'm leaning Jones just cause okay, I think Aaron. he's going to, I think he's going to explode in the receiving game this year. I would probably take Lenny. That's just me. You know, that's my bias a little bit. I've kind of rode that, that Aaron Jones, trained for a, quite a quite a long time and i think i like aj dillon a little more at his value but we will get to that um javante williams rb11 one spot before leonard fournette scott would you prefer lenny here or javante williams the upside's there but we don't know what that committee's gonna be i think in redraft in this case i'd, I'd take fournette what about swift rb8 i'm taking swift over fournette even, if, even if it's if it's 
If it's a PPR league, yes. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. In some other news as well, Ravens, they just signed Corey Clement, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Going to start camp on the PUP list despite the little beef, you know, happening with J.K. Uh, rap sheet over there, NFL Network. Um, it does look like uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they're going to start out on the PUP. So this is going to be Corey Clement's uh, backfield. No, I'm just kidding. No Corey Clement's backfield. Um, this is I, I don't know whose backfield this is right now. I think J.K. Dobbins, I think Gus Edwards, I think they'll be back for the start of the season. We can, you know, cross our fingers. What do you kind of make of the Ravens running back situation here, Scott? Are you willing to pay the price for J.K. Dobbins, you know, mid-20 RB right now? Um, or are you going to take a shot, like, on a guy later, Gus, um, Corey Clement, Tyler Batty? Uh, they got a, Mike Davis, too. Mike Davis is there. So they got quite a, you know, nice little plethora of uh, RBs there in uh, Baltimore. Who are you taking? I got to say, I almost tweeted out earlier today, uh, a sarcastic thank you for making me Google Corey Clement again after so many years. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, at this point, no, I'm not, I'm probably not touching JK Dobbins just cause I don't, I don't exactly know what's going on with this. We should, we should probably clarify to our listeners who might not be aware that starting the preseason on the, physically unable to perform pup list is different than starting the regular season. When yes. you're on the pup yep. in the preseason, you can come back at any time. You don't, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no minimum amount of weeks you have to sit out. However, if you come back from the pup in the preseason, you can't then go back on the preseason pup. Um, whereas in the regular season, I think it's four games that it's a, it's at four games and then a, and then a window. Anyway, I don't want to get too lost in the details, but point being that pre, being on the preseason pup list is, you know, I didn't Clyde Edwards Hilaire start on the pup list and then he practiced today. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it, you still have to pay attention to the actual injury, but with Dobbins, I just don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, he was, man, he's one of those guys I really have to separate my emotion and my liking from, cause I've just liked him ever since he came in the league. I want him to explode so badly, but I have to detach that. And I don't think he's worth the price right now. As far as Baltimore running backs, well, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson or RB one, but actually position uh, specific. Um, the only guy I'm probably t touching here, if let's say Dobbins and Edwards start out on the pup or something like that is Tyler Batty. I'll, I'll throw a dart at Tyler Batty. Um, I, I, I researched him quite a bit uh, over the off season, you know, led the SEC in rushing, very good pass catcher. Um, you know, that's who I would throw a dart at over, over Mike yeah. Davis or Corey Clement. We actually have an, an interesting article on the website right now from Dave, and he actually one of his bold predictions is that Tyler Batty might be the the running back to own in Baltimore. Definitely bold, um, but I like the take. And Tyler Batty, he showed a lot down there at the SEC, especially not for being you know at one of the more dominant schools. So Tyler Batty, I like that call there. Um, other news here, man, this one's tough to swallow. Chris Carson retiring from football, guys. Back-to-back 1,000-yard -back seasons from Chris Carson just a few seasons ago. He was an RB1 in 2019. Um, you know, really was kind of a fantasy wild card. Kind of came out of the, the woodwork here a few years ago. Seventh-round pick and did some damage. You know, I, I think I will remember him for just his tough running style, and he was a better receiver than people gave him credit for. Um, sad to see him go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a Seahawks fan, this one hurts. Um but also not super surprising. I mean, it might've been on this pod months ago 
we were talking about Chris Carson and I said, this really reminds me of Cam Chancellor's neck injury where he just ended up retiring. And it's exactly this. I mean, not, not exactly the same, but it's basically playing out the same way. He's retiring early. They did, they did um, wave him with a failed physical designation, allowing him to recoup some injury benefit money. So good, good. for the Seahawks, good on the Seahawks for doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what can you say? Like, you know, I, when I saw this news yesterday, I reached out to the other side I, I write for Fantasy Data, and I said, I'd like to write an article about Chris Carson and, and Rashad Penny for fantasy purposes, just because I wanted to talk about him. And, and I mean, he's the only he's the only seventh round running back ever to have two, two top 24 seasons in his career. Only one ever. Um, I mean, just seventh round wow. running backs, seventh round running backs just don't, they don't become fantasy relevant. Um, you know, I think I, I looked up the data and since 2002, uh, a seventh round running back has made the top 24, like 5% of the time wow. and the top 12, like 3%. And Carson did both. Um, he was really fun to watch. He ran, he just, he ran for contact. He ran through people, which ultimately played a part in his significant injury. I'm sure that running style, but, um, but yeah, it was, a. Uh, I mean, he was he was four picks away from Mr. Irrelevant. He was like the 31st pick in the seventh round. I mean, it's just like the story is pretty incredible that he was able to ascend to where he did. So the fact that he has to retire early is sad. But at the same time, I know it was probably a tough decision for him. And I'm really glad that he's he's looking out for his health. He's a bright player. I think maybe he could get into some coaching after football as well or do something with the game. I always really enjoyed any time he spoke. Um, so Hats off to Chris Carson on a great career. You will be missed. As far as the fantasy side of this, Scott, you're obviously on the Rashad Penny bandwagon here. I mean, the ADPs are very similar to him and uh, the, the rookie Kenneth Walker III. I most prefer, prefer Kenneth Walker just a round later here. Um, but I think either way, you're going to get a running back for the Seahawks who's going to do some damage, especially week three and four. They have the Atlanta Falcons, Detroit Lions, both very winnable games and both games against defenses that actually were in the bottom five against running backs last season. So these are exploitable defenses. And I think if you're going to get a KW three coming out party, it's going to be week three or four. Yeah. I mean, I'm not discounting it. I, I really like Kenneth Walker. Um, I think he's, he's the future of this, of the Seahawks backfield. Um, I mean, they spent a second round pick on him. He's, he's a, Great prospect, great runner. I think he's a better pass catcher than he's given credit for just because you haven't seen a lot of it, but I think he has the skill set for it. My thing with, and so for me, Walker, like obviously in dynasty, hands down, he's the Seahawk running back you want. Um, part of the thing is I think I'm, I'm looking at uh, other sources for ADP. Um, I, I like to look at a variety. So like the my fantasy mm -hmm. league ADP right now has Chris Carson as RB33 and Kenneth Walker as RB29. So Walker actually going before Penny. Um, and here's my, I'll try, I'll try and make this quick. Here's my take on Penny for this season in redraft only, um, Walker's coming in. He's a rookie. This team is going to have the, it's going to have its first new quarterback in 10 years. So I don't think they're just going to all of us also just hand the reins to the run to the backfield to a rookie in that scenario Two, they signed Penny to a one-year deal. I think, I do think this is his last year in Seattle. So I don't think that the Seahawks have any incentive not to run him into the ground and, whether they're willing to admit it or not, they never will. Um, the Seahawks are not supposed to be competitive this year, so it would make absolutely no sense to rush, pun intended, 
to rush uh, Kenneth Walker in any way. I see him as the future. I see them as getting younger. I do think he'll have a role. I do think he'll have a role. My prediction is like a 60-40 um, type of split in Penny's favor. Um, but I just, you can't discount what Penny did at the end of last year. I don't care that it was a six-game sample size, and I don't care that it was poor defenses. The dude was the RB1. It was the first six-game, healthy six-game stretch of his entire career as with first-round draft capital, and he smashed. What else can he do? I get the injury concern. The injury concern That's is right. completely valid. Um, I'm, but I'm not, you know, you flip a coin. If you have a 50-50 shot of getting heads or tails when you flip a coin. If you flipped it nine times and it's tails, singly put, that 10th time is still a 50-50 shot. It does not mean he's going to get injured this coming year, it, it, he, he, you know, just because he has been. So I just think at RB33, where he showed he showed his ceiling. And it wasn't just a ceiling where it was like 100 yards a game. It was for a four-game stretch, there was 160 yards a game. It was just absolute smash ball. So I think if you can get him as an RB3 and he can potentially put up high RB2 numbers, I'm, I'm all in. Here's, here's what I'll say. Take your pick with whichever Seattle running back you want. Wait till week three or four, and I think that's when we're going to find out who is the guy. Because – that's when I could see them making the shift to Kenneth Walker, Walker the third, going up against poor defenses in a game they can control on the ground. But you know, take your pick here. Like the great thing about the Seattle running backs right now is they're not going to cost you a lot. You know, we're talking eighth, ninth, tenth round picks here. So you know, keep that in mind if you want to take them both. Like like if you're going zero RB, if you're going hero RB, whatever it is, there keep that in mind as well. Scott, also in the news here, though, th this one um, was a little concerning to me at first. Um, Packers Christian Watson, he is on the pup list. Um, and then Sammy Watkins on the active non-football injury list. And what that list is, just for our listeners who aren't aware, that is a list that basically they got injured while they were not playing for this team. So whether it was, he, he was playing for the team before him, outside of football, whatever it was, um, you know, working out on the side, that is basically the, the list. So it's a little bit different than the pup list. Pup list, you were actually playing for the team, you know, kind of almost like a workers' comp thing, I guess, is the best thing I can compare it to. Um, but are you concerned at all with Christian Watson? Because I am not. Um, every All the reports that I am reading, I'm plugged into that Packers community a little bit over there, have to be with how much invested I am in them. Um, but they're telling me, uh, head coach, uh, offensive coordinator, everyone's saying that it's only going to be, you know, a little while here. He'll be ready to go. I'm not too worried about that. I think, and I, I called this a couple weeks ago out on Twitter. I think Sammy Watkins is done. I think it's like, I don't think he's going to make the roster here in green Bay. We got three rookie wide receivers that they paid draft capital for. They have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. I don't see any of those guys getting cut. I think it's see you later, Sammy. And we're, you know, we're here in the first week of training camp, Scott. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, you know, doesn't surprise me. He's on the, what is it, the NFI, non-football injury list. Mm -hmm. um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't make the team. Um, the guy that, I mean, Christian Watson, you know, we've talked about Christian Watson. I don't know a lot about what this injury is. Again, like these these very, very, very early preseason pup list things, I don't, you know, I, I pay attention to them and I try and figure out the details of the injuries, but I don't panic about any of this stuff. Um, with Christian Watson, you know, with Christian Watson, it's, it's the same old concerns for me. I think he's got all the talent in the world and could smash, but you know, on the other, on the other hand, he's quite raw. 
Um, yes. it's yeah. just, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen with him. The guy I'm sneaky interested in is Eli Rogers. I'm just sneaky interested to see what happens. Mari Rogers. Sorry. Amari Rogers. My Eli bad. Rogers, former Pittsburgh sealer there, Scott. Yeah. Wrong guy. Um, <laughs> don't know who I was thinking about there, but Amari Rogers, similar to how I'm, it's, a, it's similar to how I'm, uh, interested in Josh Palmer in, in LA. It's these, it's these second year receivers that didn't do anything. So everybody just forgot about them and they okay. could, they could have an opportunity. Yeah. My issue with Amari Rogers is going to probably beat out Randall Cobb for that slot role. Um, Christian Watson, he's going to work out on the outside. I expect Lazard to probably take the X um, Watson over there in the flanker. So overall, I'm excited for this Packers team, man. I think it's going to be a fun one. We're going to talk a little bit more about it later, but Scott's saying, and, and I'm saying, don't get too concerned about Christian Watson right now. Sammy Watkins, as we're getting some agreements in the chat might be done for him. Um, so do not be drafting Sammy Watkins out there thinking you're clever. Been there, done that. Um, cool. Last last one I really want to talk about seriously here was John Mechie um, diagnosed with APL leukemia um, ahead of this week. First of all, super, super sad story for John Mechie here. I really liked his game coming out of Alabama. On the bright side, though, this is one of the most treatable uh, forms of leukemia. So we wish him a very speedy recovery, man. Um, sucks to see this so early in a, you know, a young rookie's career, Scott. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you never, you never want to see this. And he seems like one of the nicest kids in the world um, from what I've just, the limited exposure I've had to him. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, thankfully um, it is a very treatable form of leukemia. It's the same, it's actually the same diagnosis that Chuck Pagano had back in like, I think it was 2012 ish mm -hmm. when he had to take a leave of absence because he had leukemia and he was able to fight through it. So um yeah, wish John Mechie the best of health, and you know football shouldn't be shouldn't be a priority for him right now. He said he's probably not playing this season, and that would make sense. And you know, hopefully, see him on the football field at some point in the future. He's earned that. Um, but right now, just wish him a speedy recovery and and luck and battling through it. You know. Yeah, and at, at the end of the day, we do wish him a speedy recovery. You know, this is a very tough time for him and his family, but good luck to John Mechie. Excited to see you back out on the field here in just a little while. Um, but meanwhile, Scott, the fantasy football implications, I think they are, you know, they're not significant, but I think it does matter a little bit. Nico Collins was a guy a lot of people were throwing out is kind of a later round dart. I wasn't interested. I like Nico Collins when he was at Michigan, tore up Penn State a couple times, you know, how to deal with it is what it is. Um, but Nico, he might be a guy now. I had him going into this with John Mechie projected, at least play some of the season recovering from the ACL. I had him for just under 40 receptions, just under 500 yards, and two touchdowns. I think there's going to be a little more target share to go around in Houston there. I think it just cements Brandon Cooks, my love for him, my love for Brevin Jordan, just a little bit more. And is Nico Collins a guy, Scott? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't I'm not – I'm meh on Nico Collins. Um, you know, I think, I think Mechie not playing is, will lead to more opportunity for him. Yeah. Yeah. But we're going to see what he's made of. But as, as far as being more than just, you know, a receiver on their depth chart, fantasy relevance, I just don't see it. I, I agree with you. I think Brandon Cooks, and I'm also big now, big time on the Brevin Jordan bandwagon. Um, Jordan, you, know, you know, I just it's it's really hard to tell with a rookie who's never played because you don't really know 
what opportunities are now going elsewhere because you don't know what opportunities they were going to have to begin with. Um, so, but no, I don't, I, I'm not a Nico Collins guy. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. The last couple of news bulletins for you guys really quickly. I don't think there's many fa fantasy implications to any of these, but Joe Burrow, he does get appendix surgery. So just something to watch out for. Um, he should be ready to go here in just a couple of weeks. Josh Rosen, Josh, old, old, uh, slick Josh Rosen. He makes it back to the NFL. He's now signed with the Browns. Um, he'll back up Jacoby Brissett if Deshaun Watson cannot go week one. And then Justin Ross, that's a tough one too for the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a lot of injury concerns, was a very high, highly touted talent in college, ended up sliding out of the draft, going undrafted um, due to injury concerns. And now Justin Ross, he's going to start on the, on the pup list this season. Sad to see that one, man. That was a lot of, you know, uh, late round dynasty dart throws people were throwing on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's another sad one. Justin Ross was going to be one of the top, one of the top drafted receivers out of this class. And it just, just unfortunate. It happens. What could have been? Yeah. yeah. It happens, guys. Um, probably no John Ross or uh, Justin Ross breakout this season. Um, but, guys, we do have a temperature check right around the corner. We're going to talk about potential league winners, players that Scott and I think at their ADP, they can actually help you go not just to the playoffs, but to win a fantasy football championship, win those bragging rights. So stick around, and we're going to get into temperature check right now. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy All right. We are back on temperature check. We're talking league winners here. And those, again, one more time, new to the fantasy football, uh, in between fantasy football podcast here on our YouTube channel. If you guys like this type of content, the easiest way to support us is please give us a subscribe. Give us a thumbs up on this video if you like it as well. Um, Scott, let's talk about league winners, though, man. Um, these are players who a lot of mine are at least guys, you know, I might've been high on before we did our projections, but now that projections are in, um, at least the first round, um, these are guys that kind of uncovered a little bit. And why don't you start me off with yours? So I don't think any league winner list is complete without a, you know, um, high risk, high reward Konami quarterback. And for me, that's, for me, that's Trey Lance, um, I think the writing's on the wall for Jimmy G. There was some fake story that came out this morning that I almost fell for, that he got traded traded to the Giants. That wasn't true. But I think it's it's a foregone conclusion that Trey, Trey Lance is going to be the starter, and I think there will still be bumps. I still think there will still be bruises. I think he will not look pretty the whole time. But much like one of your league winners, um, he, he will have a rushing floor that is hard to beat, hard to top. So... And right now, at least according to the My Fantasy League ADP data for redraft, he's a QB 13. Scott, are you concerned at all um, that we might see a little bit different of a 49ers team because of Trey Lance? Like, obviously, he has great pass catchers around him. George Kittle, we have Debo Samuel, who's probably going to be more used as a traditional wide receiver this season, and Brandon Ayuk back as well. Um, I like it. I, I haven't. The 49ers are one of the toughest teams to project for me just because you have to change so much of what they're doing offensively around Trey Lance. Um, what do you kind of see as ceiling, though? Do you see him QB1 overall as his ceiling? Not not yet. Um, you know, I, I can't go that high with him without having actually seen something. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think in the future, like, I mean, with any of these quarterbacks, because I mean, when, when Lamar Jackson came into the league, there were plenty of people that were looking at him the same way. I think people are looking at Trey Lance, like, no way. He's just a runner. He can't really be a quarterback in this league. And here we are. So, um, you know, not, not that high as of yet, but I mean, the thing about the 49ers, if he does, if he does unlock their quarterback position, they are going to be a problem of a team for quite a while. Um, cause they have a lot of other things going for them. I mean, hell, they were one game away from the Super Bowl last year. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, QB one overall, eh, that, that might be a bit of a stretch, but he's just much like Jalen hurts. He's just, he's going to have that, like basically touchdown pass that he banks at the start of every game in rushing yards. Are you, are you at least excited at QB 13? It sounds like, like that oh, yeah. seems like a pretty, yeah. Would you take him over Aaron Rodgers right now? He's going kind of in that range. Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, that's kind of where he is um, in redraft land right here. Um, That's pretty close. Oh, there honestly. we go. We got Albert saying it too. Lancer Rodgers. To me, to me, this is a very classic, do you want safe or do you want yep. risk? And like, honestly, at this point, I'm probably going to go for the, go for the home run and Lance that if they're all sitting there in that range, I'll go Lance over Carr for sure. Uh, Rogers is tough just cause it doesn't matter who, who his guys are. He's going to, he's going to do his thing. And, um, Rogers to me is very safe. Uh, like I said, and Lance is not safe at all. Could completely backfire. Yeah. But you know what? You only live once, right? Scott's getting risky here. Second year quarterback, Trey Lance. He would take him over Aaron Rodgers. He's saying I'm a little more conservative with my QB. I can't, you know, pass up the two time. Uh, reigning MVP, but that's just me. I want to go to his team though here, Scott, for my first league winner, and that's AJ freaking Dylan. Um, you know, this was one of those players, and we've talked a little bit about it before the show, Scott. That before you do projections, you know, you kind of don't dive into all the actual numbers of last season. You know, sometimes you forget how good or how involved a player was, and that was AJ Dylan for us. And guys, here's what we know about AJ Dylan. Here's what we know about the Packers. We already talked about questionable receiving core. A.J. Dillon last season, five touchdowns, sound, a very sound yards per carry average, so he's efficient, top 12 in red zone touches. That's huge for me because even though Aaron Jones was sneaky good in the red zone, has been his whole career, they leaned on a second-year A.J. Dillon, so they trust him. He did all this, though, in a snap share of 43%, and I think that's the biggest thing here. I'm expecting the Packers to up their 12-man personnel, you know, give them more tight ends around there, work out of the two tight end set, better yards per carry. I'm also expecting more 21 and 20 personnel with both both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield or both on the field at the same time. Um, I really think A.J. Dillon is kind of an unsung hero, Scott, especially in the receiving game, over a 90% catch rate through two seasons, that's kind of sneaky good. It's not like Ronald Jones a couple years ago where you're like, oh, Ronald Jones has caught 17 of his total, you know, career 20 passing, you know, passing targets. He's actually, you know, he had over 30 receptions last season. So how do you feel about Aaron or uh, A.J. Dillon here? Because I see 200-plus carries, 900-ish yards, and five touchdowns kind of being conservative with him, not to even mention his passing work. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you on this one. Um, I also, I dove into AJ Dillon. I think we were talking about it. I didn't, I had forgotten how actually involved he was. Like I tweeted this out a little bit earlier today. It's like AJ Dillon, like when you're talking about who are the best handcuffs in the league, 
It's not AJ Dillon because he is not a handcuff. Um, mm-hmm. He had more carries, rush, rushing attempts last year than Aaron Jones, with like 15% less in snap share. His his carries per snap were much higher than Aaron Jones. Obviously, Aaron Jones is the pass catching back, but yeah, AJ Dillon caught 34 of 37 passes for almost the same amount of receiving yards as Aaron Jones. So I'm never going to say that AJ Dillon's going to take over that role, but I think he's I think he already took over the lead ground rushing role. I think they're both going to be on the field quite a bit. I think if either of the if either one were to get hurt, the other one is a just a league winner immediately. Um, but I mean, AJ Dillon, I think has the more has the potentially has the better three down back skill set at this point. Um, I think Aaron Jones is going to catch a million balls this year with their receiving core. I think Aaron Jones is going to, that's why I'm still very high on Aaron Jones because mm-hmm. I think he's going to just get, you know, showered with targets, but AJ Dillon, what you, it's funny what you just said. I, by projection, a little over 200 carries, um, close to a thousand yards, close to a thousand yards rushing. I think I had six rushing touchdowns, you know, but then I also have 40 targets. Yeah. 30 you know to 40 I mean? targets, probably one or two touchdowns yeah, so, through the air. Yeah. And to me, that's just almost his floor at this point. Exactly. Um, yeah. That was like conservative projections for him. Absolutely. Scott. I, I think right now, AJ Dillon's ceiling is high. Like I think it's a high RB two ceiling with Aaron Jones intact. If anything happens to Aaron Jones, we're talking about, you know, a top five RB on the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, having that all baked into an RB 24 ADP on underdog fantasy best ball right now, I love that. Give me that. Give me a safe floor of an RB2 with RB1 upside. In the sixth round, I can absolutely live with that, Scott. So AJ Dillon, guys, bookmark it here. He is one of my potential league winners. Scott, who's your second potential league winner for tonight? Well, we've already talked about him. So I'll mention it's Rashad Penny once again. Um, And for me, I think I've already kind of stated my case on him. It's based on him, you know, the ADP I'm looking at going as the RB33. I think it was FYF, the FYF Front Yard Fantasy Show today that was doing ADP trivia. And it asked about Pollard, Patterson, Hunt, and Penny. Um, And Penny was, and this was ESPN ADP, ADP. Penny was last. And I do not think Penny should be last on that list. Um, So to me, that's just the kind of thinking that I'm talking about, that you can get him at that price. And he already was a league winner last year at the end of the season. I mean, he was. People people who were lucky enough to get him won their leagues because they had Rashad Penny. Mm -hmm. Um, I know because I faced them. And I was the guy last year when Rashad Penny took over that was like, no way. So I I didn't even put a claim in on it. And then he yep. gets picked yep. up and everybody yep. beats me with him. So, I mean, you know, he's already done it. Um, and I just, like I said before, I, I I love Kenneth Walker, but I just, I don't think that Rashad Penny is just going to immediately lose what he did at the end of last season, the starting job to a rookie. Okay. I, I, with Chris Carson out of the picture, I totally understand the call there. Scott, we'll move to my second league winner here, Justin Jefferson. And this isn't a surprising one. But obviously we know his ADP is going to be up in the first round. I guess I just didn't realize how much pure potential Justin Jefferson has to not just be, you know, the wide receiver one, but to be the, you know, overall uh, player on the entire season. That's what I think Justin Jefferson has in store for him this season. And who is he? Who is Justin Jefferson? He's a player that has not only surpassed OBJ's 
first two seasons mark for, you know, most receiving yards through two years. He absolutely crushed it by 250 yards. Um, Justin Jefferson comes into this year now, though, with Kevin O'Connell, which I think that's going to be a big difference for J-Jet there. I mean, I don't know. How many times did you see Mike Zimmer just not calling aggressive plays, Scott, even when Dalvin Cook was out? I mean, I love Alexander Madison as much as the next guy, but do we really need to see him go 25 times a game? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sad Zimmer's gone. Um, there's a lot of kind of head-wringing, you know, going on with, with some of the decisions. Um, you know, and I mean, I'm not – the only thing I disagree with you on this is that he's already like a top three wide receiver for me, so it's not really a league winner situation. Um, but he's absolutely, you know, could be that receiver like Cooper cup last year that just, yeah. you get on it, you get on his back and you ride. That's kind of what, where I guess I am on Justin Jefferson. Like before I was contemplating how far would I actually go for him in a redraft, you know, Derek Henry's there, Austin Eckler, CMC, JT, how high am I willing to go? think outside cmc and justin or uh, uh jonathan taylor i'm willing to go at three at this point for jay jet i mean it's just when i look at how he's been used the last couple of years he's led the league in air yards and air yards target share so he's getting the deep ball but he hasn't really you know been used as technician underneath like we haven't seen when i look at his game since the very beginning i saw a lot of Devonte adams and we haven't really seen that technician kind of beat him you know over a, a 10 yard slant or a, a five six yard zig and that's what I think Justin Jefferson can do here in the Kevin O'Connell system. The last two years, Justin Jefferson has put up great numbers on a team that has been at max league average in passing percentage. Kevin O'Connell last year under him, Matthew Stafford threw 600 times, guys. So I think mix that recipe together, and I think you're going to get higher volume for the Vikings. I think you're going to get more clever play design. Get Justin Jefferson out in space. I'm looking forward to this. Buckle up, baby. Yeah, I don't know if I'd have him as high as the the my wide receiver one, but I mean, I think for me the top three receivers are Cup, Jefferson, and Undoubtedly, yeah, those are my top. Those are my top three. Um, in dynasty, he's my wide receiver one, Jefferson. Um, but in redraft, it's those three. I haven't really made a decision yet who I have at one. I'll let my projections play out. But right along with Albert's Albert's question here, um, you know, yeah, once those first I don't know the the Taylor CMC maybe even Dalvin Cook those those first few running backs are gone. I'm looking at Jefferson in the mid first. So six or seven probably. Yeah, somewhere in there. Seven. You know, like I said, yeah. like I said, I'm I'm still a li- you know I'm still figuring a few things out whether I would take Chase or Cup or Jefferson as the first wide receiver off the board, but he's mm-hmm. right there. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I was for a long time. I had him somewhere in that six, seven, eight range. Now he's moving towards my, my uh, overall player three, Albert, just so you know on that one. Um, but, you know, I'm just a little bit higher than I think Scott is on him right now. Um, but everything could change, as we know. Um, Scott, why don't you take us through, uh, bring us home with your uh, third and final league winner. What a transition here from Justin Jefferson to Kadarius Tony with the New York Giants. So this is this is more of a, you know, this is more of a, deep sleeper league winner type situation. You know, he's on, on my fantasy league, he's going as the RB, sorry, the wide receiver 48. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's not, he's basically wide receiver five. 
Um, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of track record here. Um, I did write about Kadarius Tony in one of my IBT articles. So I did look into him somewhat. And this is a little bit of small sample size stat chasing. I'll admit it. But the way he took over that game against Dallas last year and had like 189 yards receiving, I watched the film on that game and he was unstoppable. No one could cover him. No one could touch him. Um, following that game, the first four, first four targets of the next game in the first quarter went to Tony and then he got hurt and then never really made it back that season. So this is a, this is a, this is a stab, but this is a stab with a player that's very cheap that I think mm -hmm. has the potential, mm -hmm. has the athleticism and explosiveness and the speed. If he was able to stay healthy, that he could surprise some people this year. Um, it's a messy situation in the, in the Giants receiving core. Um, but, and again, I don't typically take what I saw in one game, but I'm talking like a real deep dart throw here. I'm not talking about spending any kind of high draft pick on Tony. Um, I've, I've, I've picked him up in a few leagues, just, you know, like, okay, there he is. I'm grabbing him now. I'm gonna see what happens. But I saw something special in that game and I haven't forgotten it. And I just think if he can in any way make that in consistent, that he could, he could be a league winner. Would you take him over Kenny Galladay? Yes. Okay. That that's a that's something I can't do. I, I don't think I, I don't think one. I would ever take Kenny Galladay in any in any situation. Wow, I'm a little hotter on Kenny Galladay right now. I mean, the ADP is awesome. Wide receiver for fifty plus right now for Kenny Galladay. Maybe. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I'd rather I, like I, I, I'd really rather I'd really rather throw a dart at a at a lottery ticket at this point than take take him at in the fifties. I'd rather okay. take a take a shot on some other rookie or a Kadarius Tony wow. or Josh Palmer. I don't yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with Galladay. I could be wrong, Scott, but that's just that's just how I feel. Scott, how do you feel about a little uh, little charity bet right now? Sure. You have to take about, Eli Rogers. <laughs> what about twenty five dollars okay. to the winner's charity of choice? Okay. Um I'll go Kenny Galladay, you go Kadarius Tony here. Okay. What format? PPR. And are we doing points per game, total points? Uh, let's smoothest routes because you've already won. What do you? Uh, you know, what do you think in that? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, probably um, points per game. Would you want to go? Points per game is probably yeah. So yeah. an injury yep. doesn't kill it. Yep. Yeah. And if it's, it's a, if like one of them plays and gets twenty points and gets hurt, misses the rest of the season, we'll we'll talk because that doesn't really count either. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, twenty five bucks. Tony versus Galladay. I like it. Awesome. We got Gary in the chat saying. Gives me a reason to watch the Giants. Yeah, we, we got uh, Gary in the chat saying, I'm a Kenny fan, got him an SFB. I was, and I was a huge Galladay fan a couple yeah. of years ago. I just been burned just, a couple times, you yeah. sound, Scott. I'll round it out here, guys, with my final and third league winner on the night, Jalen Hurts, QB6 right now off the board, underdog fantasy ADP. And I think this comes down to not just how much I believe in Jalen Hurts, but how much I believe in the Eagles this season. And I was very, very down on them last season. They shocked the world. I thought they might have the worst roster in the league. They've continually to improved that roster throughout the season, whether it was the draft, free agency, whatever it was, the Eagles absolutely crushed the offseason. Looking at their schedule right now, Scott, obviously against the NFC East, it's going to be a little bit inflated, but I think they're going to win 12 or 13 games. I really, really think they are going to. Right now I have them projected for just over 4,000 passing yards. I think the Russian's going to come down a little bit, but I think the passing is going to balance it out right now where he's going to be, you know, conservatively a, a top five quarterback. 
And I think at, at the high end, he could be the overall QB one um, best offensive line in the league. A coach who believes in him was wearing his T-shirt today. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, uh, Nick Sirianni actually had a Jalen Hurts T-shirt on today. So that was awesome to see. Um, the best receiving core, though, he's ever had as well. Like, let's not discount that. Um, Zach Pascal could have honestly been his wide receiver two last year. He'll be his wide receiver three with A.J. Brown out there. Dallas Goddard back healthy. He's the guy for the first time in the Eagles' uh, history. I don't know, man. I think Jalen Hurts, I'm willing to take the price at QB6 if I'm paying up for a QB. Um, and I think he could be the league winner here, Scott. I think he very well could. I started this section off with, I mean, anytime you've got a rushing quarterback, they put it together. Like, for instance, if if Hertz is able to hit that 4,000-yard passing yards threshold, then, yeah, I think he'll he'll definitely be a top-five QB. I just don't know if he can. Um, mm-hmm. I've come around. I, I I was I was a little bit more down on him as the offseason progressed. You know, I just – I was just in the camp of, like, he's – he is, yes, a good fantasy quarterback, not a good NFL quarterback. But then the Eagles, you know, they – they made a bold move and they went and got my favorite player in the NFL, which is AJ Brown. Um, and all the things you just said are all putting Jalen hurts in a position to succeed. Um, you know, especially a coach having the confidence in him. So I'm not willing to say, I think he has overall QB one um, coming his way, but you know, if the passing clicks like that, those are the types of QBs that do attain that, you know, they do rise to the QB one, um, you know, with that rushing floor, you know, if he if he takes it if he takes the next step passing wise, he could easily do that. Um, QB six is probably as high as I would go. Picking him, okay. I don't think I would go any. The, there's five QBs I would I would. There's probably nothing, not anything that's going to change who I would take uh, ahead of him. But I've come around to where I would consider him in that six seven range. Okay, I appreciate that, Jalen Hurts, guys. Um, so one more time, my league winners, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Dillon, and Justin Jefferson. Scott, with a little bit, you know, uh, off the cusp picks here, Kadarius Tony, Trey Lance, and Rashad Penny. I appreciate the boldness tonight, Scott. That's, you know, that's one thing I can say about your list. It's bold. It's something I've been trying to work on. Just, you know, like doing research, making a call that I believe in, and not being like, oh, people are going to think that's stupid. Like, whatever. Right. Cares. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Well, guys, let's go ahead and round it out tonight. We got a little more lifestyle advice for you and weekly advice. Weekly. All right. Weekly advice, guys. This is our way of bringing some feel-good lifestyle advice to the In Between Fantasy Football podcast. This week, I want to talk about goals, and I think goals are something that we need to consistently have in life. We can't, you know, be super obedient to them where the point that, you know, it knocks us down if we don't reach one of these goals. But I think it's good to have goals and continue to adjust them throughout a time period. In this case, we're going to talk about goals for the fantasy football season. Um, So if you're listening to the podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, wherever we can see your comments, um, let us know what your goals are for the uh, 2022 fantasy football season, whether you're a fan, whether you're an analyst, whether you're just a fan of a team, if you want to see your team get to the Super Bowl, let us know in the chat um, what kind of goals you guys have tonight. And I'll kick it over to Scott. Scott, what are your goals, whether it be as a fan perspective, analyst, um, or content creator? 
Uh, one thing more in general, just to add to it's a very important thing. I have not always been the best about um, having my own goals. Uh, it's one of those things where I will tell others that it's important, but then I'm not necessarily the greatest at walking the walk. But one thing to keep in mind is, you know, it's all it's important to have goals of kind of varying levels of significance too. In in my experience, um, you obviously want to set you know set goals that are that are huge milestones if that's if that's the direction you want to go. But it also is very helpful to set goals that you know not not set them just because you know you can attain them, but you know just um, you know, diversify the significance of your goal setting. That sounded great um, because it can be helpful to achieve. You know it does feel good to achieve a goal. Um, and if it's something worthwhile, even if it's not significant, um, it just, it just kind of adds to that confidence. And, and certainly for me, for me is, is very helpful. So some of my goals, um, my goal as a fan, as a Seahawks fan is to be true to my word and that I'm okay with the fact that they're not going to compete this year. And I'm mm. not going to get super overly stressed during games when they lose, because it's kind of expected. I want to watch the, I want to watch the games from a different perspective this year like really watching some of the young players, watching how they develop over the course of the season. Cause you know, this, this, the Seahawks, the, the, any success for them is in the future. Um, it involves a different quarterback and uh, probably is at least you know a couple of years. Baby. Yeah. Probably a couple years out. Like if, if ideally they suck enough to get one of the top two quarterbacks, but even then like there'll be a rookie next year. So I'm, you know, I'm probably at least a couple years out from competing um, so that's, that's, that's mine as a fan. That's kind of been my goal basically ever since they lost the Super Bowl to New England as a fan yeah. has been um, to stop letting um, outcomes of football games, you know, affect, affect you. me so strongly um, and stick with me for so long. It, um, so I've been really been working on that. So this year is going to be a test for that because they're not supposed to be very good as a content creator. I want to continue to, I want to continue to provide quality, consistent content. I'm really working hard. I'm trying to get to a point where I'm going to have my own system for doing weekly rankings. I've always wanted to do weekly rankings. Um, so I'm working to try and get to the point of being able to, you know, submit weekly rankings during awesome. the season. Um, and as far as a fantasy football manager, um, I want to get better at dynasty this year. I want to be more active. Um, I want to be more active in my efforts to make trades and um, really kind of, you know, try and take and try and take the next step. I would say mm -hmm. in my in my dynasty experience, it's already just over the past year. You know, like a year ago, if you were talking dynasty and I was talking players, it was really hard for me to separate it from from my redraft thoughts. But after a year of you know, not necessarily like just producing any dynasty content necessarily, but just talking to people about dynasty and reading articles about dynasty mm -hmm. and having dynasty teams that I'm looking at all year long. Now I, you know, now it starts to make a lot, you know, just kind of start the picture starts to become clear. So my goal is to that. And, you know, I'm in an IDP league. I want to, I want to improve in those, in those formats that um, are not as comfortable for me. Awesome, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Scott. I know you're going to crush it this season a couple of my goals here and a couple of goals for us here at in between media um one of them straight off the bat is i want to hit 1000 subscribers on in between media's youtube channel so if you're here right now watching the show the easiest way you can support us is hit subscribe um to this channel if this is the type of content you like if you like fantasy football advice fantasy nascar fantasy golf or feel good lifestyle advice we kind of have it all for you here at ibt so we appreciate that guys 
Um, also, the other thing, I have been in a home league for, I mean, going on six, seven years now at this point. I, I, longer than that, but in this true format that we've been playing in, 12-team PPR um, for about six or seven years, made it to the playoffs every single year, and there's almost like a hex over me, you know. Uh, in the championship game, I play uh, John Kelly. My opponent plays uh, C.J. Anderson. I had Todd Gurley all year. You know, just weird stuff happens to me uh, after I get eliminated. Last year, I had uh, Jamar Chase, but I, you know, was eliminated the week before he went off. So just some crazy things always happen to me. So this is my goal to break my home league hex this Seth year. A, let's get Seth a ring in his home league. Let's do yes. it. I'm ready. I've been so close. Um, and I think overall, Scott, my uh, final goal here for 2022 and the fantasy football season, I want to help other people win championships as well. Yeah, I want to hear. Yep. Yeah. We, week 18, uh, if you know some people can jump in the comments, say, hey, guys, you know, you helped us w- win our fantasy football championship. Um, you ha- helped me, you know, make this much more profit in my betting slips, in my DFS slips, whatever it may be. We want to do that here in between media. We don't also just want to help you win money or, you know, be profitable in your fantasy football leagues. We also want you to enjoy it, have fun in life and, you know, be a little bit happier. So if we can be a little bit, a little bit of a dose of happiness to you, this fantasy football season, guys, please hit subscribe, whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, whatever it is, guys, we greatly appreciate you tuning in tonight. We're going to be back really soon with some more great fantasy football content. The season is here, Scotty. It is time, my friends. It is. Data is about to happen. I love it. Yes. We're about to be here. Preseason, Hall of Fame game, guys. We are not far away from it. Keep up to date with us on Twitter. I'm at between underscore Seth FF. Scott is at Munderdifflin FF. The site, everything we got going on over at IBT, at IBT underscore media. Um, Guys, have a great rest of your week and keep it in between until next time. Thank you. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 